Hi guys, it's Jill. And for this week's episode to kick off the podcast with episode number two, first of all, I have a new mic and I'm pretty proud of it. I'm really excited. Hopefully the quality will be nice. <laughs> um, but to kick off the podcast, I thought it would be important to start by defining some of the terms that are commonly used and that I'm going to use relatively frequently throughout this podcast. Um, as it is centered around positive reinforcement training, you should probably know what that means. Um, if you're familiar with all of these terms, it might be a good brush up episode. And if you are unfamiliar, turn your listening ears on and I will try to make this as engaging as possible. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, ah, uh, where to begin? <laughs> um... I think that it's important that we start with operant conditioning, and some of you may be going, whoa, what on earth am I getting myself into with this clicking off already? It's gotten sciency. But I promise you, I'm going to try and keep this interesting and short and to the point, which is not in my nature, but that's what I'm going to try to do. So operant conditioning is essentially just learning that occurs um, by increasing behavior, or decreasing behavior through either reinforcement or punishment. So naturally, the follow-up is, okay, well then define reinforcement and punishment in psychology. So reinforcement is a consequence that makes behavior um, likely to occur again. And punishment is the opposite. Punishment is a consequence that makes behavior less likely to occur again. So obviously, pretty much everyone is familiar with punishment, um, punitive punishment, you know, spanking children, or in horses, you know, we use whips and uh, for stopping at a jump. And we'll get into what type of, um, what quadrant that falls under eventually. <laughs> but um, reinforcement can be a little bit more, I don't know, it sounds a little bit more out there than punishment does. So reinforcement makes behavior more likely to occur again. So think about if you go out on a nice walk and you feel all of these wonderful, happy, joyful feelings, that walk is reinforcing for you. Or if you are made uncomfortable by a situation and you leave, leaving was reinforcing for you because you got relief from that situation. So that's reinforcement and punishment. Reinforcement makes behavior occur more and punishment makes it occur less. So you may be thinking now, hmm, I have reinforcement and punishment under my belt pretty good. I understand that. 
But what is all this positive and negative reinforcement and punishment stuff I'm seeing all over Instagram with plus R, minus R, positive P, plus, minus P, all the things. Very confusing. So um, let's quickly define what we mean by positive and negative because this gets wildly confused on Instagram particularly and often leads to some people getting offended or feeling holier than thou and that's not the case. So in psychology, they decided to make it very confusing for everyone. So it's important to note that we're talking about behaviorist learning theory and I'm not going to explain all of that, but just know that that's where operant conditioning comes from, B.F. Skinner and all his people. Um, But they decided that positive and negative would not have the common association. So they don't mean good or bad. So just throw that out the window for the rest of this podcast and anytime you're talking about reinforcement or punishment, because it's not good or bad. (laughs) So what positive means instead of good is addition. And what negative means instead of bad is removal. So not good or bad, addition or removal. So what does that mean? (laughs) So when we're talking about, say, positive reinforcement, let's just dive into this and go ahead and start. So positive reinforcement means adding something to make behavior occur more. So you get the idea that it's adding something to make behavior occur more, but how does that transfer into real life scenarios. So what that would look like would be, say, if you're having your horse target an object. So you've got a cone in your hand, a Gatorade bottle, or whatever you can find lying around the barn, and you hold it up. Presumably your horse is not afraid of it. (laughs) Um, You hold it up, and the horse reaches out and touches it, and you click, and then you give them a treat. So by giving the horse a treat, you're adding something that they like, the treat, and you're making the behavior more likely to occur again. They realize, oh, touching that object earns me treats. I'm going to do that all the time. It increases behavior. So another way you can increase behavior is through negative reinforcement. And negative reinforcement can be a little bit tricky to like wrap your head around, but we're going to keep in mind that reinforcement increases the chance of a behavior happening again, and negative means removal. So you're removing something to make behavior happen again. And if you recall, when I started the podcast, I mentioned a scenario in which you might be feeling uncomfortable and you leave and you get relief from that. That's pretty much the principle that negative reinforcement works off of. The idea of hedonism, that all organisms seek pleasure and avoid pain. So you know, in negative reinforcement, we're all not looking (laughs) to cause pain to our horses so that they avoid things. But we do often put them in uncomfortable situations or annoy them or irritate them until they move. And then we release the pressure or stop whatever, like, irritation we're causing. So let me make this more clear. So with negative reinforcement, an example would be, say, you're sitting on your horse and you want them to move forward. So you put your leg on, and when the horse moves off of your leg and they start moving forward, you take your leg off and you cease increasing pressure or having pressure on it all. And that relief from pressure is what reinforces the horse. So they learn that when they move, your leg will stop. So that's negative reinforcement. It's the removal of an aversive in order to make behavior happen more. So another example would be when you're riding, if you would like to turn and say you're trotting along and you open your inside rein, apply a little pressure to the inside 
um, pull your rein out to the side and the horse turns its head and you start turning around the corner. Once the horse turns, you put your hand forward or back to where you had it and release the pressure and then the horse knows, oh, so when I feel that pressure, if I give to it, then the pressure goes away. So we're all pretty familiar with pressure and release and that is negative reinforcement. It doesn't mean that it's bad or it's awful horsemanship or that it's just this evil thing. It just means you're removing pressure in order to get the horse to do things. I do feel that here it's important to note that there's a difference between just touching your horse and adding pressure. Because while, you know, if you think about putting your hand on your lap, that's pressure, technically. But in negative reinforcement, the way pressure is referred to is by, like, using an aversive or... And an aversive, quote-unquote, could just be you pressing harder. Like, I mean, I can press into my lap right now and it's not really comfortable and I'm going to get muscle fatigue eventually. And then when I relax my arms, then I have essentially figured out how to make that pressure stop. But it doesn't just mean that a general tactile cue is, quote-unquote, pressure. It's not an aversive. And it can be taught in different ways. So... A positive reinforcement horse, when they are taught to turn off of a rein cue, they may have originally been taught target training and to follow a target, and then the rein cue was introduced, and then the target was gradually faded out so that the horse learns that when um, there is a cue on the rein to turn, to turn. So you can teach the same thing in negative reinforcement in a variety of ways. And the first is to sort of just holding or pulling on the rein um, and you can sit there and you can hold on it until it gets uncomfortable for the horse and then when they you know start to get a little bit fatigued they might give to it and then you give and then that's reinforcing so then over a series of sessions you might sit there holding the rein and then they give a little more and then you relax and then once they catch on to it and if you hold it for a second they might take a step and then you've taught your horse to turn off of that pressure and then you don't have to hold it for as long. Alternatively, you can teach it through increasing pressure and by increasing the pressure you would sit there and pull harder and harder and harder and harder until you got the give and then you would release. So that's two types of negative reinforcement with um escalating and non-escalating pressure and uh yeah so that pretty much covers that that's negative reinforcement and positive reinforcement so now we're going to move into negative and positive punishment so if you remember punishment decreases behavior and so when we start talking about negative punishment um negative punishment is the removal of something the animal desires or finds pleasurable or pleasant in order to decrease behavior. So, for instance, if you're working with your horse on, say, manners or something, and you hold a carrot in front of his face, and your goal is to not let the horse bite the carrot, and you want to punish his biting at the carrot behavior. So, you hold up the carrot, and when the horse goes to bite at it, you put it back in your pocket. You would be removing something that the horse wants in order to decrease the biting at it behavior. So that would be negative punishment. So positive punishment would be adding something that the horse doesn't like to decrease behavior. So the most common example of this would be when you're jumping a horse and it stops at the jump and you um, hit it with a whip. The whip would be the addition of a aversive 
stimulus. I hate that I just said a aversive, it's an aversive. So an aversive stimulus is the whip in order to decrease the behavior of stopping. So ideally, when the horse stops, you hit it with the whip, and the next time you approach the fence, the horse jumps. So that's punishment. And in all of my psychology classes, (laughs) all of my professors tend to come to the same agreement that punishment is not as effective as we would like to think it is. And there are a few reasons for that. Um, At least in children, um, positive punishment typically leads um, to aggression or avoidance behavior. And I mean, if we think about that with our horses, it it sort of makes sense. Um, You know, if a horse is like biting at you, which is usually due to like a pain response, um, you know, not in all cases, but usually. And if a horse like bites at you while you're girthing it up and you smack him with your elbow or your fist in the nose and he goes to launch at you again, that's aggression. And, um, you know, that doesn't happen with every horse, but, um, that is a side effect of using punishment and, um, avoidance behavior, just like not wanting to show you that, I don't know, that's uncomfortable, maybe. So, like, with the same scenario, if you're girthing up the horse and maybe it has ulcers and it's uncomfortable and it goes to bite at you, um, and you've punished it before, the horse might just avoid doing that altogether and then stop trying to communicate that that hurts um, because they're afraid of punishment. So that would be an avoidance behavior. So the other issues that are coming along with punishment is that it doesn't tell the organism or the horse what it should do instead. It just says that was wrong. And we have all had a riding instructor that when you go around the ring, you only know you're doing a good job when you ride past them and they stay silent and look to their next victim. (laughs) I don't know if that's just me, but I feel like somebody's had an experience like that before. So if you're just being told that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, then you're not really ever sure what you're doing right. And that's not to say that all writing instructors are like that, but I feel like we've all had at least one experience with somebody trying to tell you how to do something and they just kept commenting on everything that you've done wrong. And you're like, well, what should I be doing then? (laughs) And um, so that's where reinforcement comes into play. So whether you're using positive or negative reinforcement, um, it conveys way more information to the animal than um, punishment does. So I particularly tend to specialize and want to focus on positive reinforcement, so I'm going to talk about that. So with positive reinforcement, you don't punish any behavior that you don't like. You know, I mean, if you're about to get bitten or kicked or something, um, you know, sometimes situations call for evasive maneuvers or whatever you have to do. But in most training scenarios, you don't use punishment. And the reason is because it just tells the animal that was wrong. And they're like, well, what do I do? (laughs) So um, with reinforcement, it helps make it a lot clearer to the animal that this is right. This is what's going to earn you reinforcement. So if you find that when you're training that you have to use a lot of punishment and you're constantly saying, no, 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 that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, then maybe it's time to take a step back and break the training down 
a little bit more so that we are setting our animal up for success. Because none of us want to ride around just punishing our horse all the time. That's not fun for anybody (laughs) and nobody wants to do that. So if you find that you're punishing a lot, maybe just take a step back and think, how could I make this more clear for the horse, even with positive reinforcement? So the thing is, positive reinforcement tends to correlate more with negative punishment and negative reinforcement tends to correlate a bit more with positive punishment. Um, So when you're not getting the response from your clicker trained horse, who is, you know, used to positive reinforcement, um, and you're not getting the right response, then you might accidentally fall into a little lull of time where you're negatively punishing and your animal is like, what is going on? Why am I not getting reinforced? So at that point, that's when I think to myself, hmm, this is too too hard. I haven't broken it down enough and I need to make this clear for my learner to help them be successful and for both of us to not get frustrated because using negative punishment is just as frustrating um, as using punish or positive in my opinion because um, I just remember when I was growing up riding and every time I had to use positive punishment I was so frustrated and um, the same thing with negative punishment. I'm not particularly one to subscribe to positive punishment anymore. I, I just, I don't particularly agree with it anymore, but, um, that's just me. That doesn't mean that I look at people using it and go, oh my God, you're so horrible. It's just like, that's not for me. But, um, negative punishment tends to have the same feeling for me. I'm like, God, what am I doing wrong? How am I not setting this up for success? It's time to take a step back and break it down even further to make to help it make more sense for my horse. So no matter what type of training or riding you do, every time you interact with your horse, you are trying to teach it something or to accomplish something. And, you know, as people that work with horses, we all have to be aware of what we're doing in certain scenarios and particularly be aware if we are frustrating our animals or just not being clear enough. Because like I said, it's very frustrating when you have an instructor or educator that's just saying, you're just doing this all wrong. And you don't want to be that kind of figure to your horse. You want to have a good, happy, healthy relationship with them. So keeping punishment to a minimum, I think, is important to keep in mind. And uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers everything. I'll run through them one more time just so we got some clarity here. So uh, positive reinforcement is adding something the horse likes to encourage the behavior to happen again. Negative reinforcement is adding something um, that the horse maybe doesn't like or finds slightly bothersome or uncomfortable in order to encourage that behavior to happen again. And positive punishment is adding something that the horse doesn't like in order to discourage that behavior from happening again. And negative punishment is removing something that the horse likes in order to discourage that behavior from happening again. So I hope that that all is making sense to everyone, and I hope that my examples helped. Um, But I think that this is about the point in the episode where we wrap things up. Um, I hope it it was educational. I have a really bad habit of ending things by saying, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. Um, So I hope I'm not doing that this time. But I think it is important for me to say that I don't want anyone to feel attacked by um, describing these methods and me giving my opinion on them. You know, again, I am not looking to make anyone feel bad for the way that they've 
ridden or maybe interacted with horses in the past, but the goal of this episode of the podcast is simply to define the terms and provide some scenarios um, to give examples to help further clarify these terms so that you can be more aware and recognize what exactly you're doing with your horse so that you can be clearer in your training plan. So when you go out to work with your horse, you're like, okay, that was negative reinforcement or okay, that was positive reinforcement. Or so maybe I accidentally used punishment or maybe I purposefully used punishment, but now I need to find the gap in my training or I need to break it down a little bit more and um, that way you can proceed with more clarity. Because I just remember growing up riding, I all the time was like, why does inside leg to outside rein work? I don't even know. Maybe it's just like math and I'm never going to understand it. And it's just one of those things that I just have to accept and realize it works and do that. Um, now I understand why it works. And um, as a result, I can choose to continue doing it that way or um, maybe approach it differently. Um, now in my case, I tend to want to approach it more with, um, positive reinforcement. But, um, for those of you who don't know, I do work and live on a horse farm and, um, we have a bunch of sale horses and my boss prefers for me to ride them traditionally. So now that I've been made more aware of how to use negative reinforcement, um, I use it with them in, um, non-escalating ways, um, just because that's my preference and I find that it, um, creates less frustration in me as a trainer where I'm not like, oh, I just have to pull, wow, yeah, and, um, yeah, so I don't know, just, I, I think that having the terms defined and understanding them more myself has helped me, or has helped illuminate what horse training is for me. Because like I said, it was sort of this mystical thing for me before. But now that I understand how the science behind it works, now I'm like, oh, okay, this all this all makes sense. I understand why things work the way they do now. Um, so I hope that I offered some of that clarity for you guys as well. Maybe some of you weren't really aware that the, these were even things. And now you do. You do know. You do, you do know. You do know. <laughs> um, so yeah, again, hoping to not offend anyone here. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so afraid of that, but like, I just, I want everyone to be happy and just everyone be edumacated. And I am not fully edumacated. And, um, I think everyone knows this going into this podcast that I am a learner and I'm in a perpetual state of gaining more and more information. So yeah, I, I hope that we are all on the same page and everybody's learning and that's not something to be ashamed of. So yeah, we do the best we can with what we know. And when we know better, we do better. So that's a little quote from Maya Angelou that I heard on a Equiosity podcast. And I love it. So, you know, think about that. And uh, yeah, I hope that you all enjoyed and learned something. And I'm going to stop saying I hope and go ahead and end this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you guys tune in next week for the episode where I will be discussing... Um, the science behind the clicker and why even bother with it. <laughs> so see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening and have a good one.
thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to check me out on other social media platforms for more extra fun content, you can look me up at Jet Equithery, that's J-E-T-E-Q-U-I-T-H-E-O-R-Y, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of the wonderful platforms. I also have my own website, jetequithery.com, with multiple facets of resources. I even have a glossary page that um, details a little bit more about what we discussed this week. So be sure and check all of those out. And uh, yeah, make sure you leave a positive rating on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed and thank you guys so much. You make me not be-